Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 102 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and craft beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. This episode, we are joined by Jordan of Billy's Tavern Homebrew. Welcome, Jordan. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. And, and before Jordan gets into his story, we have to clarify. So someone recently asked Shannon about oh. her title <laughs> of being a beer intermediate. And so, Shannon, do you want to quickly just tell the listeners of the kind of the, the funny story behind you being called a beer intermediate? Funny. I think it's hilarious. No, it's basically I got asked why... I, uh, why, why am I a beer intermediate? And I basically just said I was a beginner and then I started homebrewing and getting more into it. And now I'm a beer intermediate, but I guess it's not uh, really clear what a beer intermediate is. So yeah, everybody's mean, wondering. You're demanding a medal now, so I'm going to have to make you a Oh yeah, I said I was going to make myself a badge. Medal. So that's, <laughs> that's how I'm going so far. So Jordan, uh, thanks for joining the show. Uh, why don't you get started? Tell us where you're from and just tell us a little bit about what? your home brewing. Yeah. Why don't you tell us where you fall within the range yeah. of novice intermediate? Uh, I definitely somewhere probably between just intermediate. I'm not like the bastard, you know, <laughs> thing, you know? So, um, but yeah, no, I'm from a small town in California by Yosemite national park. Nice. And, uh, so I got into home brewing is kind of a, it's not weird, but it's kind of one of those, you know, everybody was stuck at home during COVID and I was like, I need something to do. I, you know, drink, drink with my buddies, nothing crazy, you know, Coors Light and all the commercial mm. beer. Uh, but then I started kind of getting into Blue Moon and me and my buddies went to a restaurant one day and I, you know, asked for a Blue Moon and they said, we don't have that. We have, they had the Cali Squeeze Blood Orange Hefeweizen. Mm. And I said, okay, I'll try that and instantly fell in love. And I kind of from then on realized that there was like a whole world of like beer out there. <laughs> and so then my, at the time my bosses had bought the one and only bar in California that also sells firearms. Oh, uh, So I would kind of help them with their Instagram and things like that. And I would go down there and drink for free. So I would, you know, see what's on tap, take pictures of it. And I thought, wow, how cool would it be if I started making my own beer? And then so fast forward, you know, COVID hit and I was, I just asked for a, you know, Northern Brewer five gallon ex extract kit for my birthday. And uh, it came, went home that day and just brewed it and instantly fell in love. So I've been, I've been home brewing since about 2021. I've enjoyed it. It's, it's great. I love it. Now, now, how did that kit turn out? Unless that's what Shannon was No, that ask. was not my okay. question. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. My uh, question is before we go to your kit, how it turned out. How does the bar firearm situation work? Because I would imagine, like, uh, it, it was kind of like grand. It's like grandfathered in, you know. Wow. Um, obviously, in California, there's like a waiting period for firearms, so you can't go in there and get plastered. Okay. Okay. All right. I think the <laughs> Shannon's mind is just thinking of people just pounding beers at the bar and then being like, "I'll buy a gun today." I mean, if you drink a beer, you can certainly do the paperwork for the gun. You know, you get, mm -hmm. you know, you drink enough beer, you get a little intoxicated. Um, you can certainly buy the gun, but then there's a holding period. They only do gun sales during a specific time of day. Okay. Um, and it's beer only, so they don't serve any hard liquor, no wine. It's just beer. Okay. So I just, it's just it's Shannon's just, concerns are now addressed. <laughs> I just have never heard of that comedy. I've heard of, yeah. like, Colorado has the beer weed now. Yes. And so I was just like, I've never heard of beer and firearms, but okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I think there's only like two left in the country. I think there's one on the East Coast and one here, but it's, it's one of those that's mm -hmm. grandfathered in. They, they've been 
around since like the early 1900s. Yeah, I it, feel like it's gotta be Maine, like Maine or New Hampshire. It's gotta be Maine. It's gotta be Maine. I feel like it's probably yeah. yeah, either that in New Hampshire. But anyways, we can go back to how did that beer turn out? <laughs> uh, it was uh, everybody seemed to like it. I wasn't. I liked it, but I definitely handed out more than I drank of it. Uh, to this day, my father-in-law says it's the best beer that I've ever made, and I oh. I, I, I humbly oh. disagree. But he likes it. Everybody that I've I've given it to said that they liked it. It had, but it, I thought it had like a weird taste to it. I don't know if like you that guys... maltiness, that like just extra malt, yeah. kind of from the syrup that you use yeah. in those kits. So I I I had a few, but I it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> so I guess that leads me to my question of so you started with an extract kit which is pretty standard i think that my first kit was extract and then i moved into the all grain so that a similar Mm -hmm. development of you where you kind of like well i don't really like the flavor of the extract or the process i'm just going to go for all grain what's your current setup like i wanted to be able to have a little bit more control when dialing in you know the beer and the flavors uh so i actually on facebook i had found this guy was like getting out of the hobby and was selling like everything for like dirt cheap so i managed to pick that up off the marketplace and then over time i've kind of just you know gradually bought pieces and upgraded but i use like a three vessel propane system ss so i have their infusion mash ton i have the 10 gallon broom masters edition kettle and then i just have the small the mini kettle as my my hlt so my hot liquor tank from there you know i use pump but i have one pump and then it kind of you know it all sits kind of evenly i'd like to get an electric but i just haven't made the decision on which one i want yet because there there is a few choices that i'm looking at just for the convenience i see like people brewing like all like sometimes they'll go and brew you know throughout the week and with my work i don't really have that option but if i had an all-in-one i'd probably have a little bit more leniency of just coming home and easily brewing after work but the time being i do like my propane setup so with the propane setup your is your kind of brewing setup where you have to bring everything outside or yeah yeah so like my a typical brew day for me is probably a little longer than most people because i do i brew outside i don't have like a garage so i brew on my back porch so i kind of carry everything outside set it up hook everything up and then you know from there i brew there and then i have to i have like a whole cleaning station like out like i have to like unhook everything and carry it all over out like to somewhere else i've brewed a few times with some other home brewers that I've met that brew on all-in-ones. And I will say that they stay pretty dry during their brew day in comparison to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I it's so weather-dependent, like, right? Like your brew day, and you, if you don't know what the weather's going to hold, you're kind of just rolling with it? Kind of, yeah. Like since I brew outside, I don't I don't like – I usually take like the month of December and January off just because it's cold. Mm-hmm. But I, it's a covered back porch, so that kind of helps. But in like in the summertime, it's like super hot. You know, if I had an all-in-one, I could – you know, not brew so much yeah. as inside. My back brewery room is like a big, like kind of open room, but there's like no garage door. So it's like a double open door, but I set everything up. Then I have to like disassemble everything, move it over to the cleaning station, clean it. And then I put it back together and let everything kind of recirculate. So a typical brew day for me is probably like five to six hours where like I know other people is probably a little faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that made a huge difference when I could just go plug and play, have everything already set up, yeah. everything ready to go and don't have to constantly move things from one space to another just to set yeah. up to be able to brew. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, eventually I'd like to get like a, a you know, an, an electric system so I just can keep everything there. 
And with the electric system, we'll just say, keep in mind to the difference in your boil, getting your up to boil temp of using just the standard outlet plug, the 120 volt versus using your 240. A night and day difference. So if you're going to go that route, I would definitely plan to try and get the the beefier electric setup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because our first, your first all-in-one electric was, it took hours. It was hours. It took a long time when it was the 120, and then once you went to 240, it definitely. What system? It was the Grainfather all-in-one. It was was a great learning system because Mm -hmm. it was just idiot-proof where everything was just so straightforward. And especially for brewing smaller batches, like typically we would probably do anywhere from two and a half gallons to five-gallon batches max. And then it started getting to the point as we were brewing more and more, we wanted to make more IPAs that would require higher volume of grains. And we we were trying to max out in our mm-hmm. all-in-one. So that's like the one limitation with those all-in-one systems is there is a max output of how many pounds of grain you can physically fit with the wart mm-hmm. in there. And that became our challenge as mm-hmm. well as the lifting up of your grain basket. So you have to keep that in mind with the weight of the grains, which usually isn't a problem for five gallons, but anything for larger, sure. you're going to need something to be able to help you lift that green basket mm-hmm. up or do what Shane and I did and do the two person lift for some of those <laughs> team lift heavy, heavy brew days. Yes. But the two forty is definitely a lot faster now. Oh yeah. yeah. And they're more affordable now too, because there's just so many options on the market right now for those all in one systems where you have, you know, the big brand, like the shiniest ones, but you also have really affordable companies out there like the Grandfather that it's just, yeah. it, you can't beat the cost for what it is. Yeah, no, I know. I've definitely, like, I've looked at, you know, I think, like, the SS1 is nice looking, but for the, the price tag, I just I just can't do it. And then, like, the, the claw hammers look really nice, but also for, like, those, like, for what I've put into my propane system, just to go and turn around and do the spur all-in-one, is, you know, my wife would probably, you know, not like that. <laughs> No, it, exactly. It's, it's an oh, investment, to say the least. The grandfathers, for sure. Just, and they, you know, they seem to come with a, you know, some decent accessories and bells and whistles and stuff. So you can't, you can't beat that. For sure. So your home brewing has grown. How did you come up with the name Billy's Tavern Homebrew? Like where did that, what's the inspiration behind that? So Billy is, well, William is my, one of my middle names, but he was uh, my grandfather. And I was fortunate enough to not so much as inherit, but I live in the house that my grandparents had lived in. And in his house, he had built like an actual bar. Mm-hmm. And so when I was kind of just getting into craft beer and having, you know, friends over and stuff and just, you know, drinking beers with friends, and we would, you know, sit at the bar, sit at the bar inside the house. And one day I'd, on a whim, I just kind of gave it a name, you know, Billy's Tavern, because I live in like where I live. It's like a small, it was like founded during the gold rush. Mm-hmm. And so kind of went tavern to kind of rather than like, you know, Billy's Bar or something along those lines. And so on a whim, one day I just said, oh, this is Billy's Tavern, you know, got a couple hats made just for the fun of it. And then when I started homebrewing, you know, I was like, you know, on Instagram, like people, you know, have like their little names and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'll just keep Billy's Tavern since I'm doing it out of my house. And then that's kind of just where it, it took off from there. Just, you know, Billy's Tavern. The only other name that I had was naming it after my dog, Molly. So I was just going to call it Molly Dog Brewing. But other than that, I was like, you know what, I'll just keep Billy's Tavern, go from there. And then, of course, with everybody thinks my name is actually Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Including us, including us, or including me, I should say. Uh, It, you know, throws some people off. But otherwise, I I like the name, you know, my family loves the name. So 
that's that's kind of the route I took. I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to overcomplicate or overthink the name. I'm just going to run with what I already have. So that's how I got it. I think that's really cool too, paying homage to your grandfather and keeping it a family name. And it also starts a conversation, right? Like, so if people, if you, they're like, oh, hi, Billy. And you're like, actually, Fun my name's fact, Jordan. Yeah. Well, well, why are you called Billy? And then you can kind of tell that story. I think that's a cool, exactly. a cool yeah, tie that's, back. That's happened quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> which it's fine. You know, I don't, you know, sometimes I won't even correct it. I'm just like, yep, I know I'm, I'm Billy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, I guess it sounds like a not so bad person to be mistaken for. So. Yeah, <laughs> just it's like meaningful to you, right? So mm-hmm. it's not only the place where you gather with your friends, which is what homebrewing is really all about, like getting that community and just welcoming others to enjoy good craft beer. I think it's just a great like thing that you can actually have a logo and have a name mm-hmm. that it's meaningful to you as, you know, the person who's got that creativity. And I think you'll have to name a beer a- after uh, your dog because that well, If you haven't already. <laughs> if you haven't already, I'm sure you have. But that's a great beer name. For sure, yeah. So, like, and with my logo, too, I just kind of, it was, it's not, I didn't think, I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to overcomplicate anything. It was just like, you know, other people are making an Instagram, I'll make an Instagram. Like, other people have Instagrams, I'll make mm-hmm. an Instagram, you know, kind of have this thing kind of separate it from just my personal life per se and we grew up you know with gold panning together hunting fishing you know in the outdoors and stuff and so I just kind of kept and he was like a you know he loved gold panning so I figured with the logo just Billy's Tavern in the middle pickaxe and shovel on the top and then I'll just put some pops on the bottom and then I have a few other like iterations of the logo just the current you know basic wording one I have a few different ones on like some hats but the main logo is the the shovel with the the pickaxe and then the hops but that again I just kind of I threw it together quite quickly I'm, I'm a little proficient in photoshop so it was kind of easy but it worked it worked and it kind of stuck with it and you know everybody kind of all my friends and family when I was showing them you know logo designs they they're like oh that one's the one you should use that one and so I just kind of ran with it you know with the logo too so that's what I've been using since and then I try to since we live in like the mountains I like the topographic look so usually when you see any of my stuff there's always that topographic in the background yeah that's that's, re- that's really cool and it definitely makes it something unique as well because you have the story behind just mm-hmm. the images uh, so talking about your home brewing what's your favorite home brew that you've brewed what style was it just tell us a little bit about how that beer came out yeah so when i first like i got into my craft beer i liked the like the more fruit forward beers so like the you know if, if i was half and wise in with some fruit i always you know gravitated toward those beers and then i kind of got more into sours because i liked that fruitiness to the beer you know and then the and i like sour candy so like the sours were like my big my big thing and when i got into home brewing i wanted to kind of make beers that you couldn't especially where i live like you couldn't just find on the shelves so you know i brewed a couple of more unique beers so i you know i did a strawberry banana basically milkshake wheat beer so just kind of added lactose dumped you know 20 pounds of strawberries five pounds bananas and that one at the beginning was one of my favorite my favorite beers just because it was so different than anything else that i had tried and then i brewed a raspberry vanilla pastry sour which that then became my favorite my favorite beer that one was more you know lots of raspberry puree vanilla beans and then i also used uh graham crackers in the mash as well just because i thought it was cool <laughs> and then i kind of got into i kind of got out of the sours and then i i really got back into like lagers pilsners and you know the crispy beers 
And I think so now my favorite beer that I've brewed was probably my Heavenly Hellas, which is a Munich Hellas. And so it's it's real simple. It's just about 90% Pilsen malt, 5% Munich light, and then 5% Vienna malt. And then I found like this hop spalt. I shouldn't say found. I was like looking up, you know, what, what mm-hmm. are good unique more like hops like everybody talks about you know the saws or the the mitzelfra and all the you know those type of hops you know for your pilsners and your loggers and stuff and i was like you know i want to use a hop that not everybody uses or that i know everybody i talked to when i've asked about spalt they're like oh, i don't know nothing about spalt and i was like okay i'm gonna use it this one i've hopped it with the mitzelfra and then i added a bunch of spalt additions just to kind of see what kind of characters the spalt would give and it turned out really good. And I'm one of those, I don't ferment under pressure. I don't really like to use the Kavike yeast. Like I like to make my bloggers like traditionally, you know, let it sit for just weeks on end, kind of forget about it. And that's basically how this one came out. And then I shared it with a few people and everybody. It had really good positive feedback from other home brewers. And I entered it in a competition. I don't typically like to do the competitions just because it makes me nervous. <laughs> I hear you. I, I think I was in, I'm in that same boat and I've only done one competition. And then I was like, you know, I think I'm good. I did. I did. Um, I won't talk about it much, but I did the not. I didn't do the homebrew competition, the national homebrew competition this year, but in the previous year. And it, it did okay. It didn't do well enough. And then it kind of just like, I was like, you know, shied away from doing competitions. But I decided I would, I got such good feedback from other home brewers that I decided to enter in the competition. And it did, it did well. It, it got a 34 out of 50. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I plan to brew it again and kind of, you know, take the feedback and tweak the, the recipes, what they recommend and kind of try to make that better for next year. But that definitely was my favorite. I still have a few cans left that I'm like holding because I don't want to. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to drink. I want to. Well, I also want to be able to compare, you know, the, even though it's aged a little bit like this one and the new one, the, t- the 2.0. But I don't want I'm like done handing them out like they're they're mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like brewing the beer like I'll I'll make like a five gallon batch, maybe drink five of them. And then I just can the rest and give it all away. Like I like the process of actually brewing. I now it's like, yeah, I'll have a couple and be done with it. So speaking the, of giving your beer away, I did see that you, for local people, you're doing beer drops. So how does that work? Like, what was your thought process behind that? Yeah, so kind of like was like, you know, I want a unique way to be able to give out my beer because I'm really bad about one, responding to text messages and then two, like remembering <laughs> who has reached out for beer. So on my website, when I do decide to do a beer drop, I put, you know, the form up, people can fill it out. And then that also kind of helps me be more responsible with, yes, I need to give them beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the first one I decided, I called it a, a handout series. And so I just kind of posted up and, you know, people came in or I made, you know, posted on social media. I said, if you want some, this is where I'm going to be. You can come get some. And I ended up giving it, it all went away. I, I think I had like a bunch. I did my, the first one was my peach cobbler Kolsch and then the strawberry banana Hefeweizen. Gave that all away. And then now I decided instead of just going in and sitting somewhere for a few hours, I decided to do the, the beer drop so people can fill out the form. I'll shoot them a little, you know, email text when it's, when they can come and get it. Um, and it's worked out pretty well so far. But I just decided I wanted a better way to keep track of who to give mm-hmm. beer. To. And as you unique enough, you know, I know some people, like, you know, they have 
there's I don't really know any homebrewers that live near me. So there's no there's no like clubs near me or anything. So I'm kind of like a alone homebrewer out here. <laughs> uh, so I did, but I just wanted a unique, more unique way to give out my beer, and that's just kind of one of the ways that I did it. Man. And do you like have a method to get feedback from those people or is it sometimes yeah, you just so never I, hear again? <laughs> so now it's, you know, just specifically more for like friends and family mm-hmm. and, you know, friends of friends, you know, if they, if, you know, if my friends are like, no, no, they're cool. You know, whatever they like beer, they'll give feedback. Cause I'm more to the point where it's like, I want to give people, you know, the free beer because they like beer and they want to try it and give you know, constructive feedback rather than just, oh, the beer is free. I'd love some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I right. Think, oh, it exactly. It it's kind of hard getting feedback from people. But for the most part, people are pretty good about just, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, you know, this beer was good or it wasn't. And I feel like a lot of times people are like afraid to give bad feedback, which I think doesn't help. But I always say, you know, like the positive feedback is good. Negative feedback is better because, yeah. you know, I get better if you're just saying, oh, yeah, beer's good. I loved it. You know, I need like, why was it good or why wasn't it good? But I, I don't really have a, thank, thankfully, I don't really have a problem with, you know, getting feedback, that's good. which is nice. Yeah, that's good. Cause I started handing out like a little sheet that had like aroma, color, clarity, oh, really? things. And it just really simple that they could just check off because they were just family members and friends that were like, it's good. It was so good. I'm like, what was good about it? And they're like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It was just good. And it's like, cause they weren't familiar with, you know, again, with how, like what I would be looking for. So I basically gave them a little template of what I was looking for. And then after that, they didn't need the form. They were like, yeah, it was good. But I feel like the head could have been better. There wasn't enough head in this beer. Should have there been like, and like asking those kind of questions that was really helpful to, especially for me finding out that my packaging process, it was good for a day or two, but then this, I didn't put enough CO2 in the can. So it would be flat by the time they would have it. Some beers are good. Some beers like they like they with canning it just turns out either good or it turns out bad and that's like one of the areas that i'm still struggling to like nail <laughs> yeah i think it's definitely a challenge especially if you don't have all the special equipment that you know the craft breweries have to make make sure that you're purging the can properly and and doing all that for so it's definitely again bottling going back to bottling with natural force carbonation it's kind of a gamble too because you know, you can calculate the best you possibly can, but you don't know until mm-hmm. you pop that bottle open of how yeah. how it actually turned out. Yeah, and that's happened, um, you know, a couple times too, where you're like, okay, I don't, you know, you're like, I don't really know what went wrong. <laughs> but, and like, I've used those, like the carb tabs that you just toss, you know, pop into the bottles and those seem to work out good, but they're always hit, hit or miss for me. So it's like a lot of times what I've liked to do now is I'll like, force carb it a little bit if i if i plan to bottle it or like if i'm gonna put it in a growler for people i'll force carb it just a little bit and then i'll throw in a couple tabs and just seal the lid on really tight and kind of let that do its thing which it seems it works out pretty well but thankfully i haven't had any explode yeah i used to tell people when they would open my bottles just make sure you open it over a (laughs) sink and basically don't have your face over the bottle when you open it Because yeah. we we did have us give a couple of relatives ones that literally just like exploded as second they opened it and just foam everywhere. Yeah, they're yeah. like, F- yeah. FYI, it was a beer bomb. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Merry have Merry Christmas. Here's a uh, exploding a, a nice stout that ends up all in your sink. Yeah, no, I've I've had that, and you know, and it is it's discouraging, you know, because you're like, ah, oh, what went wrong? But 
Exactly. And that's why I think draft is key. Like, I just sure. can't go wrong with just putting beer in a keg, you know, letting the CO2 do its work and just pouring off the tap. It's just, like, so yeah. easy to do. You got You want to have you, but you have to want to have people over to do it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you actually have to have people that will actually life. come over. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I love, I like, you know, doing a couple beers off the tap. The tap, uh, it's like the best. But then I'm like, I don't want anybody over to come try this. I'd rather just can it and. <laughs> no, leave. right. Yeah, I don't like, want to have to. Do, yeah, exactly. No contact. Just outside my yeah. door. Don't talk to me. <laughs> just exactly. get out. leave a beer. Take a beer. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's a good idea, James. Yeah, except you know what would happen is you'd get all the, you know, Coors Lights or other light, you know, random commercial beers left. And you're like, wait, that's not what I wanted. Fired <laughs> beer that people have found in like Oh, jeez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Old Sam Adams have that have some been stipulations, years I guess. old. <laughs> some rules. Now, with yeah. some of the ingredients that you've used, you seem to like to think outside the box of what's other people doing? What can I, How can I tweak a recipe or how can I add something to it that's different what's kind of like the craziest or oddest ingredient you've used like i know you've put donuts in some of your stout recipes what kind of things have you tried in different beers uh that's a good one i've probably so if i had to go off of two it would probably be the donuts but then i've also made a maple bacon coffee porter where i used real bacon and i got like a lot of flack i'm on a few homebrew groups on like facebook and stuff and like a lot of people gave me like a lot of flack for that saying like oh you're just gonna ruin the head retention or you know it's just gonna you're just gonna have a bunch of oil in your beer like grease in your beer and i've made it twice now and it's actually turned out excellent i am one of those that like i can't drink a porter or a stout year round mm -hmm. like i only drink them from like the fall and like winter and so like usually the kickoff fall like i've the last two years i have made the maple bacon porter i was uh, just gonna say make maple bacon is what my mind went to when you said you added bacon yeah, yeah so this year i did i just did a i used barrel aged coffee beans in a porter and then i skipped the bacon but yeah so the way i just kind of on a whim i was like oh i'm gonna make a you know when i first made it i was like i'm gonna make a porter make you know put some coffee in it and then i was all you know what i'm gonna put some maple syrup in there and then i was you know what i'm just gonna add some bacon too while i'm at it why not make it like a breakfast beer mm -hmm. um so the way that i've i've figured out that it works well it's it's a tedious process but uh you just have to trim all the fat off the bacon mm -hmm. so i recommend like getting like the thick cut bacon and then just kind of you know trimming the fat off from there and then i kind of took it to not where it's like crumbly but it's like on the crispier side mm -hmm. and then i put it in a little hot baggie and then i pour the maple syrup just over the top of the bacon and then just drop it drop it into the um into the to the the beer and then i'll do the coffee beans in a separate bag and then i kind of let like so the coffee goes in for three days and then the maple and the bacon go in for five days and it comes out really really good i mean people people like it i don't get a whole lot of the bacon that i normally like but people seem to like it and the, i've never had any problem with you know the head retention or you know looking oily or anything wrong with it so thankfully i haven't had that issue with with that beer but that is actually a fan favorite among friends and family they're always like are you gonna make that one again that one was the best that one was that one was probably my my, my most unique and then in terms of the stout with the donuts i was just wanting to make like a 
originally I wanted to make like a hot chocolate stout, but I didn't want to use like, you know, like the Mexican hot chocolate stouts where they have like to use the peppers and stuff. I'm not a big fan oh, of yeah. like the spicy, those, you know, like you take a sip and it's good. And then all of a sudden it's like really spicy. Mm-hmm. I don't like those. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that, but I want to do like a hot chocolate stout, but I was all realistically, that's just the chocolate stout. And I was all, I'll use cocoa nibs and then with some bourbon and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw some donuts in the mash. And I just used one donut per gallon because I didn't think it was going to do anything. I just was, it was more for like, it sucks to say, but it's more for like, you know, the gram. Like, oh, we put. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a beautiful <laughs> picture when you see, you know, frosted donuts in a, in a yeah, beer. Just sitting on the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was just kind of like, I'm just going to, you know, I'll just use donuts to get you know to make like oh it's a chocolate donut stout and i was like okay i'll I'll run with that and it turned out good i I liked that one i didn't give that one out to a lot of people but i did get you know some some people liked it some people said i'm not really big in the stouts but it's you know it's good for i guess what it is um but no i mean yeah i've always kind of wanted to do things that are like different you know kind of like what are other home brewers making you know everybody wants to make like an ipa Everybody wants to make a hazy IPA, which I do like hazy IPAs, but everybody wants to, you know, make an IPA, make an IPA. And I'm like, well, why don't I just, I don't know, throw some stuff in the mash and see what happens. <laughs> but Yeah, that's one of the good things, too, about brewing smaller batches, too. So you're not like wasting yeah. like 10 or 20 gallons of, mm-hmm. of beer on something that you don't know how it's going to turn out. For sure. No, and that's. I think that is also one of the joys of home brewing is like we get the ability to like experiment more than like craft breweries because there's like no risk and like it's all reward basically. I mean, granted, you know, if it, if you mess up a batch, whatever, you're kind of out the money that you spent on the batch. But if if it goes through, you're like, and it turns out good, then you know it's a win. Yeah, I'm always you- trying to think of what you can add to beers that'll give you those extra fermentables. That's something a little outside the box, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, one donut per per gallon you'll get yeah. some extra fermentables but it's probably going to be very subtle yeah for sure and now i've been like on a, a lager cake so i guess my most unique one now i use purple corn and made a lager okay. and so that's actually sitting in a, a barrel right now so i decided for christmas i'm barrel aging a purple corn lager it's kind of a mix between thanksgiving and christmas yeah <laughs> yeah so We'll see how that one turns out. I actually sampled it last night. It's been sitting outside in the barrel, so and it, it tastes good. So we'll see kind of how it goes. It's not looking too purple anymore, but it's it's good, I guess. We'll see. So humble. It's good, I guess. It's good, I guess. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like to, you know, like, I mean. No, like, exactly. Humble brags are good. Like, it's like when you're like, oh, well, this beer is the best beer ever made. Those kind well, of home. I, I, there's plenty of those home brewers out there on the forums that just think every beer that they make is, like, the best thing in the planet. I'm more kind of like, not that I, you know, I've, I've only answered in a few conversations, so I don't really know how good my beer is, but I know that if, if I like it, then, it, you know, it's a win for me. And if other people don't like it, well, uh, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Right. Like it's a hobby where you get to have fun making something, being creative. And if it turns out and it's drinkable, like that's my, that's my bar right there. If it's drinkable, then like it's a win because you've had fun making it. And then it, you know, someone, at least someone can enjoy it. I might not prefer it or think you know there's flaws in it but at least it's like a good end result and if it's a dump batch where i've had some of those as well it's a oh crap like this didn't turn out well learning experience where's my recipe what what were my notes all right let me adjust it let me see how it comes out next time or you just move on you can just move on to another 
style. Yeah. It's not like you have to worry that, you know, you have customers that it's your flagship beer and, oh, no, like something went wrong. Yeah. And now they're complaining that your flagship isn't good. For sure. No, I've definitely I made like a cherry wheat ale and it turned almost into wine. And I'm like, oh, you know, uh, some people liked it. I didn't care for it at all. I canned up a couple and dumped the rest of it. But uh, some people, some people really liked it. And then, you know, like they were saying, oh, you should make this again. And I'm thinking, yeah, no, no. way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's in the graveyard. It's like the Ben and Jerry's yeah. graveyard where they put all the flavors that will never yeah. be made again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's just, but it is, you know, like I said, like homebrewing is fun because we get all the room to experiment. And there's like no, you know, there's no risk other than, oh, you know, it didn't turn out the way we wanted or, you know, we had to dump the batch, something happened, but then it's like, oh, we, we can try again with, like you said, you know, we don't have to worry about the cost in terms of our, you know, if we're an actual brewery, are we going to go out of business? Do we script the whole thing? There's money on the line. For us, it's just, you know, I'll try again or make something else. Yep. It's a great or a, oh, well, that was yeah. that. <laughs> Exactly. In our last question for you, so at Billy's Tavern, if you had your own tavern, if basically your grandfather's house became a real tavern <laughs> and you can only serve one kind of beer, what beer would you serve out of Billy's Tavern? Ooh, that's a good one. One, like one specific type of beer or like one, one beer? One style. Like the one style. Yeah, one yeah. style. Okay. Keep it, I won't make it that difficult. I'll say <laughs> one style. Uh, probably, probably like part of me wants to say sour just because there's like endless possibilities if you make sours, but I'll probably just go, you can't like with probably a German, German Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was kind of I thinking think. the same thing. Cause I feel like you could also be versatile with that. If you have yeah, a good you base, could. you can do additions and then. For have... sure. I don't know if you guys have heard of Hanabi lager. He makes literally just different iterations of lagers. Yeah. Actually pretty cool. Cool. I'll have to look that up. Probably, probably German Pilsners would be the 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 go to that I would make if I could only make one one style of beer. Okay. And my in my first thought was IPA because you can yeah, do so I, many different combinations with hops. There's <laughs> just like endless combinations. So you're gonna have like a million different kinds of IPAs based on yeast and everything else. But then I changed my mind and I think I'd go with a Blondale. Oh, okay. okay. Which is very surprising, but you can do a lot to a Blondale as well, and it's very yeah. challenging to make. Yeah. yeah, I was just in LA this last week and went to a couple of breweries, and like, there's a lot of like they're making like Blondales and like throwing in like tons of fruits and mm-hmm. you know other types of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, there's like a blueberry Blondale. I tried it; it was all right, but <laughs> it was all right. But yeah, it was all right. I mean, I'm not too big on blueberries, but it, I mean, it was good for what it is. Yeah. You may Blondale too. Those are good. I would go sour because yeah, a shocker. Yeah. Just like <laughs> me with an IPA shocker. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also, like I said, or like you were saying versatile where you can do all different combinations and you can make it as sour as you want it or, you know, dial it back a little bit. And so you can I make think it tart be, or sour or yeah, there's a lot of different options. So, and yeah, I, sure. we don't get, we don't buy, well, I buy sours like sometimes, but I feel like we don't, like you were saying at the beginning of the episode, try to make things that you don't always get on the shelf so i feel like i would go to the sour range i mean i guess it, there's really no bad answer because every single style now is yeah. so flexible with what you can do with it like stouts you can do so many different things in your sours like i know shannon's just saying like she wants the girl to come order from from her spot can i just have something fun and sour <laughs> maybe i'll be fun and sour yeah all of my beers. Yeah. <laughs> what's your guys least favorite style oh mine is definitely a stout 
I just, yeah. I, I can't get into it. I mean, I, I had some at Guinness at, in Chicago when they opened and I like it from, I like Guinness stout from the tap, but I don't really enjoy stouts in general. For sure. So I'm split between sours. And again, I'm starting to find sours that I can actually enjoy, but usually it's a one and done. If I have a sour, I'll just have the one pint and I can't drink another sour after that. Um, But recently it's been coffee, coffee porters and coffee stouts just because the coffee is just in some of these is just so overpowering that I'm like, I don't want to be like, I'm drinking a coffee with my beer. Like I don't need Mm -hmm. like that part of the beer, like flavor. So I think those would be my two. Yeah, I, I, I'm the person for sure. I'll try a stout, like when, if James makes one or we get one uh-huh. magically appears from another homebrew at our house, um, I will try it. And my feedback is usually it's good for what it is, but it's not for me. Like it's a good stout, but I don't enjoy stouts. And therefore, that's my feedback. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I would probably have to go. I feel like it's a weird category, but probably brown ales. I'm not mm. a big, and that was my number three. So I'm glad you. I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned it. Um, I, I, if I had to pick three, it would probably go brown ales, stouts, just because I think porters are a little better. Stouts, and then I regular IPAs. Okay. Like like regular, just pale. Like I don't like like a regular pale ale. Like not talking up. juicy ones. Not talking West Coast. You're talking just regular. Yeah. What IPAs used to be? Just the bitterness. Just yeah. I I don't like. I'm not a big fan of Sierra Nevada pale ale. I like West Coast IPAs and I like hazy IPAs. Everything else, I when it comes when you the IPAs in the name, I'm not really a big fan. Yeah, I feel like that's my number two. I like milkshake IPAs because of the lactose oh, yeah. usually. For- I forgot about those. I do like milkshake IPAs. Mm-hmm. Those are yeah, but stouts <laughs> and then the super super hoppy bitter IPAs yeah. are not for me for sure. <laughs> I'm right there. Okay, well, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to plug your Instagram? Where can folks find you? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys can. They can follow me on uh, Instagram, Billy's Tavern Brew. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but those are kind of like you know second. And I'm also on YouTube. I'm trying to launch my YouTube more i need to be better at it but i'm also on youtube you guys can subscribe to me there but yeah anyway just instagram for for now i guess is fine it's probably the most place i'm the most active so okay great awesome well i just want to say thank you again for coming on the show we really appreciate it it's been fun thank you guys so much i had a lot of fun i wanted to remind everyone that we have merch out there go to the link tree on our instagram to access the site and there you can find podcast merch as well as our brew another day initiative products so the proceeds from those shirts and mugs are going towards the American Cancer Society and supporting cancer research and helping find a cure is just a cause that's really close to our heart. So just wanted to find everyone those are out there. So feel free to go to that link tree and check it out. Well, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Double Hop Beat. If you are a home brewer and want to come on our show and share your story, send us a direct message on Instagram at Double Hop Beat Podcast. And remember to follow, rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms as that really helps us find new listeners just like you. Thank you. We appreciate it. This has been Double Double Hot Beat. Beat. Catch you on the the brew side. side. And we have merch. Merch, merch, merch.